Thank you, guys. Um, for those of you who don't know them, they are definitely worth the investment of time to get to connect with them. Really good people. And speaking of really good people, it's my honor and privilege to be able to introduce Mark and Ann Tubbs. Uh, most of you have had the opportunity to meet them, meet Mark when he was up here last time. And um, it's kind of hard to, for me to condense all that they mean to me and to Mary and I with all the different things they've done and to Acts Fellowship over the years, that the way they've uh, ministered into our church's life. Um, they have a fabulous ministry and, and all that kind of stuff, which you could read about on websites or something. But what I'm really delighted to be able to have happen today is that you get to know them a little bit better just because they're going to be sharing and talking with us. Um, if you ever get the opportunity to go on a ministry trip with Mark and Ann, you definitely want to go. They know how to lead well. They take care of you well. And God shows up and does wonderful things. I won't take any more of your time because we want to give as much as we can to Mark and Ann. So um, I don't know who's going first. Mark, I'll give it to you and you can take it from there. Bless you. All right. All right. Such a joy to be with you, Pastor Rob and all. Of course, uh, Pastor Hanny and the whole church, Mary, and I saw everybody, you know, Jacob and Sujin and a whole bunch of others, you know, Elena and the, in the Caribbean, I think. Uh, uh, and so it's just great. But, you know, we're right now in Portland, Oregon. Uh, we, uh, we're living in Los Angeles, but we've moved up here by our sons. And so we're, we're, it's a joy to be with you all the way across the coast from, uh, three hours, uh, earlier. Uh, on our time as well. But why don't I have Ann say hello? Um, Ann, are you unmuted? She's on a different. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, what a privilege. I just miss your church so much. It's been uh, at least a few years, I think, since I've been there. I, mean, I know we had family camp planned and I'm, ah, uh, so much for COVID, but I'm really looking forward to seeing you guys in person, giving you so many hugs and I, We've gone on a lot of trips with many of you and just heart-to-heart uh, -heart talks and praying over you guys. So I feel very bonded to your church, and uh, thank you for inviting us to share today. Um, just seeing you makes my heart miss you more. So <laughs> love, love you guys. Amen. Uh, when I uh, heard um, earlier... I was, uh, during, I think when Sujin, you were doing that song about, you know, living in the foundation of the love of the Lord. I, I had such a strong sense of the Lord responding back. And I heard him starting to declare that, uh, this is a time of surgery for you as individuals and as a church. And, but it's a surgery of love. He's going in deep. And I heard Romans 5, 5, I'm pouring out the love of my heart into into your heart through the Holy Spirit. And I just feel like right now God wants to touch your heart today. You know, we can talk to the head, we can, you know, and that's important that we learn and 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 uh great teaching. But there are times where God wants to to speak to our hearts and he wants to comfort them and he wants to heal them and he wants to to just say, hey, I'm doing a deep work in you with my love. So I wanted to bless you with that before I begin to share a word with you. 
Uh, thank you, Rob, for your word um, about, uh, you know, about uh, uh, our trips. We are planning on going to Kenya right now on October 16th. We don't know if that's going to happen, uh, but it is on the schedule. And uh, we're hopeful that we'll be, need to be able to travel by then, but none of us know. Uh, we also have a trip the first week of December to India and Nepal. And you can go on to uh, transformationofthenations.com. It's just transformationofthenations.com. And I'm really excited as you can, we have a new app for the Apple iPhone and for the Android. Just put transformation of the nations in the search and you can pull up and you can listen to a lot of messages and see our calendar and all kinds of things. So hopefully that is a great way for us to be more connected. Uh, well, I want to share a little bit of a word today that's really been on my heart during this season. It, it, uh, it, it kind of relates to COVID, but not really. I mean, in, in the sense that it's broader than that. It's, it has to do with your life and, uh, it has to do with, um, our, what we do in certain situations. And it has to do with when people disagree with us or when we disagree with other people. And the truth is that happens almost every day if we think about it. And, but I'm thinking in particular one time a while back, I, uh, I have a, uh, you know, all of us may have a, a pet project, so to speak, or something that really is important to us. And for me, it has to do with human trafficking and, uh, without being political, that, that's very connected to immigration policies. And so I went on Facebook and I started saying, you know, Hey, have you ever looked at the angle of human trafficking and why? You know, closing borders helps, you know, prevent that. And, and suddenly the responses from people were, were like so hateful and, and vile almost. They were attacking my character and, and were, were coming after me personally. It's like, how could you say that? We're supposed to be more compassionate and all these things. And, and, you know, why are you defending, you know, uh, that position? And I, I just was trying to say, Hey, I just have a heart for, these young girls, these young boys that may be being trafficked and it's not really their parents. And I think they should be checked. And, but it didn't matter what I said. It seemed like the people that were for it, you know, of course they were, you know, said very little or, you know, cheered in, but the ones that were against it were so angry at me. And I realized I had to make a decision. And that was that I was going to, uh, to look at who was responding negatively. And I realized they were, a lot of the people in my life that I wanted to reach, they were, they were, they were actually like people like my brother, Dan, who's an agnostic or other friends who really weren't Christian and didn't like, you know, Christians as a whole. And so I just was reinforcing their concepts of it. And I, I just stopped. I mean, I just realized that if I'm putting stuff on Facebook, the only people that I'm really impacting are those that I'm alienating. And, and so I started really thinking about that. I, ha I had another experience. It, it was kind of dramatic. I was uh, at a in a hotel in California, Central California, and uh, speaking at a church. And but you know that night uh, after I was done, I went down and uh, went to the hot tub. And there was the three guys, and they're eating pizza and talking and having a good time. And I said, "What are you guys doing?" And I said, "Oh, we're we're uh, we're with uh, Walmart. We're getting some training and." And what are you doing here? And I said, well, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, you know, an author. I'm a public speaker. I don't always go right to the Christian thing. And I said, I go around the world and I have, you know, schools and orphanages in Kenya and some other places. And, and the guy looks at me and he's one of the guys looks at me and he goes, Hey, you're a Christian, aren't you? And I said, well, yes, I am. He goes, well, I'm a Satanist. 
And all of a sudden I was like, wow, that's interesting. Because when I was looking at you, I saw you with, with God's heart, the father's heart. And he says, you're a really good father. And that, and, and as a husband, and you really have a desire to be a great father to your children because you didn't have that when you were a child. And he just looked at me and stunned and he said, it's true. That's what all I talk about. I want to be a good father. And, um, so as I started to minister to his heart, um, told him that, you know, is that God wanted to reveal his, as the father wanted to reveal himself to you. And I kind of did quip that, you know, hey, you think you're, you know, Lucifer was beautiful. Wait till you meet his creator. And, so we started uh, talking more, and then another guy in the hot tub say, hey, "Prophesy over me," or, or he didn't say prophesy. He said, "What do you have for me?" And I went ahead and shared with him what I was thinking, and you know what I felt the Lord was giving him. And the other guy, you know, in the hot tub, he's just—they were all into it. And one guy goes, "Are you a warlock or a wizard or you know all kinds of things?" And but then suddenly the the young man said to me, he goes, "That I talked about being a Satanist." He goes, "I've never met a Christian like you." Um, most of the time they get, you know, Christians shut down, get angry, walk away, whatever. When I'm going to tell them a Satanist, I, I, I don't really worship Satan. I just believe that really, you know, um, that, you know, he treated everybody equal and that's the way it should be. And we kind of got into this, but he, he, he was really blessed by the encounter. And you know what? So was I that immediately through seeing him with God's eyes, it brought a bridge. Uh, it built a bridge between us. And I believe that right now, whether you're in Canada, whether you're here in the States, I believe that the enemy right now is doing everything he can to divide people through their opinions about things like politics, about, you know, even here in the U.S., we have people arguing about whether they should wear masks or not, you know, and, you know, the mask and the maskites or anti-maskites, you know, and there's just been uh, that kind of thing. There's a lot of political things. I've got one of my best friends is a, he's a black man, but he's also a, um, a captain in the police force. And so he's handling the writing here in Portland. And, and so he's, here he is, he's a, you know, an African-American, but he's also a police officer. And, and so he's been, uh, God's really been using him in this city uh, as a bridge builder. And he's reaching out to people of all races and he's putting down the, the agenda that Trump people are trying to put on him. And so I just uh, feel like this is a relevant message and I want to, I want to do this. And I just want to ask you, uh, you know, how do you respond to people that are very different from you? And also secondly is, um, is do you have relationships that are being impacted by your opinions? And, uh, I think that we need to look at this and, you know, in Romans 14, the apostle Paul talks about this and in verse one, he says, except the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. One person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. Now, this isn't about whether you're a vegetarian or not, not or whether you eat meat. Okay. I mean, personally, I prefer smoked ribs and brisket and a good steak, right, Mary? Okay. But the truth is, is that that's not what this is about. It's whether, you know, they just eat vegetables, you know. Really what this is about is a huge issue of division in the early church that had to do with meat sacrificed to idols. You see, what happens is, is that, you know, uh, they were pagan theaters in where they would literally offer uh, um, sacrifices to these pagan gods. 
and they would sacrifice the, the, the animals. And then afterward, the meat was taken and it was taken to the discount section of the market. So people could know it was designated. This was meat that had been sacrificed to idols. And some Christians would say, I'll not touch that. If I do, I'm participating in um, a demonic activity. And so I can't eat that meat. And so I'll, if, if that's all there is, I'm not going to eat meat at all. And then other Christians were saying, wait a second, you know, Peter had a vision, uh, um, you know, and, and, and learned that all, everything that, that is dedicated to the Lord is, is good. And by the blood of Jesus, I believe it's purified. It's kind of like, you know, when you go to Kenya and you get mystery meat, you know, you have to pray the prayer, you know, Lord, kill it, you know, bless it. And, um, and then you believe that it would be okay to eat. Well, it was that kind of division and it was very serious. In fact, Romans 15 is about that. Romans, uh, 1 Corinthians 8. So there was a big division in the church over meat sacrificed to idols. And as you, as you know, uh, you know, appreciated Christina's testimony. You know, there, there's been division over the years over the prophetic gifts, over the apostolic ministry. You know, you know, you, there's a lot of disagreement that can happen. And today I just want to give some insight on how the scripture really encourages us because verse three talks about the one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. And the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does. And see what happens is if you go back to verse one, he's talking about quarreling over disputable matters. Uh, the, the passion translation says without arguing over our opinions. And what happens is, is, you know, there's a big difference between our opinions and our convictions. And today I want to say, if your opinions actually lead you to hold others in contempt, meaning you judge them, you say, oh, they're not as good a Christian or they're not as, you know, you start to reject people, close your heart to them because they have a different opinion. Uh, That is what he's warning us against because he's saying, don't enter into a judgment because God has accepted them. And and what's really interesting, if you go on further in the text, um, he talks about um, about uh, being um, able, verse 13 says, therefore let us pass, stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. Uh, you know, um, uh, you know, we've heard the verse too. It's also in Romans 15 when it says this, that, you know, those who are strong must bear with the failings of the weak, right? Well, who, who, who immediately reads that verse and say, well, you know, I'm the, I'm the weak one, you know, uh, everybody should bear with me. I mean, we, we often think we're the strong one. And yet Paul is saying here that the strong one who is person who doesn't put obstacles in relationships based on their opinion and what they think. Let me give you an example. I have a, I told you earlier, I have a brother who is agnostic and uh, he, um, he and I were in his pool and we were talking and he's a very strong, you know, Democrat and, and, uh, and, and I'm a Republican, even though, you know, we're not going to get into politics today. But we were talking and, and about the platforms, you know, about, you know, abortion and Israel and these different things, not about even the persons or we'll stay away from that. But at the time we were going and he was very heated, you know, our, our media has just stirred everybody up to the point of, you know, the angst and everything. And I'm sure you get to hear all that. And I'm sure you have your own issues in Canada, but he was just 
oh man, he was really getting upset and we're talking and, and I called timeout like in a, in a sporting event. And I said, I said, you know, Dan, I said, I, I, I want to just be close to you. And if we can talk about these things in a way that builds our relationship or we get to understand each other, I'm all for it. But if it divides us or creates a, a, a problem between us, I, I would prefer us to talk about other things. So it's up to you because I just want to get to know you better and I want to be closer. And he said, you know, I feel the same way. I love you. You're my brother. And I don't want to, you know, I, I, even though I don't understand certain things, I want to, I want to have that too. Well, we, we, we just agreed to not, not only just disagree, but to, to keep it moderate and to, in a sense, learn from each other. Well, we didn't realize it was about two weeks later that his wife was diagnosed with cancer, very serious, aggressive cancer. And all of a sudden, this is what Paul's talking about. Don't put obstacles. Had we gone at it and I think left in a way that was very negative, now that his wife was very sick, we had established the game rules and I was able to, we were, Ann and I were able to go in and love on him and pray with her. Even She was a declaring atheist. And yet sometimes I would even lay hands on her and she felt warmth and she felt, I, I believe she was feeling God's love. And uh, she did pass away uh, this last December and it was a great battle. But, you know, my relationship with Dan strengthened and was encouraged. And we didn't really allow those opinions to um, to grow. And that's what I want to say today. I want to say this, is that is if any relationships are being impacted by your strong opinion. I'm not, I'm not talking about convictions of the Holy Spirit here, okay? You know, convictions of the Holy Spirit have to do with the deity of Christ, have to do with uh, callings that you have in your life and causes that, that God may call you to sacrifice for. I'm not saying that. But when you're just kind of flippantly throwing out your opinions or alienating people or, you know, you feel like your right to your opinion is um, is more important than the relationship, you know, I believe that God is calling us. And I really believe that in this season, the Christians can't afford to be flippant with their attitudes and opinions. Because the world has already boxed us and they want us to be alienated. And the enemy wants to alienate you. You're all, we're already feeling somewhat alienated, of course. But but the, the enemy wants to use our differences against us. But in the kingdom, and that's the great thing about City River Church, what I loved there was the diversity and all the, you know, international community. I mean, your diversity is your strength. Your differences is what makes you so special, City River. And so I know you've learned a lot of this, but the world hasn't learned it. And they, there's right now, it's like a season of really offense. And, um, I really believe that it's really, uh, really a critical issue. Let me give you some more examples. Um, I, I shared this message and, uh, or, or convert in type of conversation. And I had, uh, some people tell me, you know what? Uh, I was, sharing my political views with my son. We used to go hunting and fishing. He's totally rejected me. Uh, I had another woman say, hey, I can't even see my grandchildren because they believe that, you know, because we're so different. And uh, I, I've had a situation, uh, I'll be frank with you, is that we have, uh, we meet people, leaders, um, friends that, that will have like transgender children and adults. They're the, the, in this most recent one, a, a son wanted to be, is becoming a woman. And, uh, in fact, I was with two couples that had the same situation. 
And uh, we got to talking and I said, well, how are you handling that? What, how do you respond? Well, one couple was like so strong, you know, hey, we'll never, you know, they want to be called non-binary and they want to, you know, they want us to call them, you know, a woman's name, but I know he's my son and I was there and, and, and all that. And then the other couple said, well, you know, we, we just decided that we wanted to build bridges and we said, we don't understand it, but we're, we're learning too. And we hope you, uh, we will call you what you want to be called, but we know, you know, you, you know who you are and who you've been. And we believe who, you know, who God's calling you to be, but we're not going to build these walls. And I just was listening to them and I thought, wow, I mean, it's not, I couldn't judge them. I just, I wouldn't know how I would handle that. But I did have a situation where I was down in Mexico and, and there was uh, someone I went to go minister to. And um, the the person next to me, you know, kind of whispered, you know, is that a man or a woman? And I just, I, I just looked and this person was a prostitute actually and dressed as a woman and there was a man with her. And I just spoke to her, to her like she wanted to be. And actually it was amazing. She came to Christ. Uh, and so did the man that she was with. And, and I realized that I, I didn't, I couldn't afford to have an opinion or even go there or ask the question. I just, just released her to believe it. That's really between her and the Lord. And, and so what I'm saying here is that, you know, we can put stumbling blocks. We can judge others and we can hold people at arm's length. And we don't realize it's simply because we have an opinion. You know, I, I have, uh, as I told you, we moved to Portland. We have two sons in the Northwest and, and uh, I want to build a relationship with them. I want to be closer with my kids than I've ever been. And had a wonderful time with one son last night. Uh, but the other son, you know, he, he too has very different views. And, uh, you know, we sat down and again, we started trying to have the political discussion and, and, and we had the same kind of thing where we talked about. And I just told him, son, I want to get to know you. I want to be close. I want to know what your thoughts are. And it took us quite a long time, maybe about eight months. But now I can ask him any question about his emotions or his thoughts about God. And he'll answer anything and even at a deeper level. And it's been a lot of work because it's got to be safe. And, you know, he, you know, he perceives Ann and I, you know, we're these conservative Christians and, and, you know, to, to navigate that has been uh, really, really interesting. And he's, you know, we're praying he's going to have an encounter. And in fact, he wants that. Would, and I would ask you to pray for him. His name's Marcus, that he'd have an encounter with the Lord because that's what he's crying out for. But I, I really believe that today there may be some people here where where um, where you might be hurting in relationships in your life that that have to do with differences with other people. Could be for many things: cultural, uh, religious views, uh, political views. Um, it could even be views on health or or uh, you know what what's right and what's wrong and. Certainly, we need to be led by the Spirit, but not led by our opinions. Again, Romans 15, 1 to Paul said, We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. In other words, the emphasis in the scripture, those who are strong are the ones who aren't out to please themselves. The ones who are strong aren't the ones with the loudest voice, the biggest opinion, biggest sign, the angriest one. Uh, even though there are times, of course, to stand up for justice um, and our convictions. I'm not saying that. 
But as a whole, in the verse two is so clear. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. The strong are those who bear, are forbearing. Those are one who are forgiving, who build bridges and um, really encourage other people. You know, things are different today. Um, you know, it's not enough to just agree to disagree. That used to be. Um, uh, you could say, okay, let's agree to disagree. But now there are some people teaching that if you do not agree uh, for example, I mentioned the transgender community. Uh, if you do not agree to, to speak to them the way they want, you are actually ab- uh, abusing them. And so now differences actually can be perceived as, as an abuse. And wow, that's a really hard thing to navigate. Um, because it's almost like saying you can't ha- even have a different conviction from someone else. And that's what the enemy's trying to do. He's trying to take away that right. And so I think that the key is is really in the text about not judging people. If they feel judged, then 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 they are going to respond to you negatively. And again, I'm talking about unbelievers here. There's believers. That's this all this dynamic. Um, but what I want to say here is that you know it's really important that that we remember that God is their judge, and that holding people in judgment will have no uh, no effect. But the enemy is perpetuating a lie to separate the believers from unbelievers. And he wants our beliefs, worldviews, and perspective of life to become an offense, to become archaic and irrelevant. And that's why we need to go back um, to Romans 14 and Romans 15 and really look at what it means um, to not argue over our opinions, over disputable matters, over our own imagination, our own reason, our own thought. Um, you see, most people think that their right to express their free, their opinion is freedom. And Paul says the opposite. The strong are able to exercise restraint, acceptance, and unity. Now, I'm sure your brains are exploding right now, but hear me out. My goal is to bring peace, healing, and freedom to your life. My goal is to speak where perhaps your divisions in your life or separation from family members or friends or parents or children, it might be that the enemy has used some of your belief system and against them and the enemy has twisted it. And today we need to reclaim that. I believe that we need to shift how we relate to people and we how we express our own opinion. Um, around 23 years ago, we started going to Kenya for the first time. It's the Lord, the Lord has been done an amazing work. We, um, you can read all about that story. We have over 4,500 churches there now. But I remember the first time I went, the Lord said to me, He said, uh, "Every time you have an opinion." You're going to be miserable. <laughs> you know, I didn't understand what he was saying at the time. But when I first got there, oh, man, it was so hot. I mean, it was not 110 degrees just normal. It was also humid. And I, it felt like you were just being baked, you know. Um, and uh, it was so hot. And, they, and I had to wear like a robe at the graduation. And smoke came. It would come into the room because they were 
cooking the chickens or something. And it was just like, oh, and I remember I was so miserable and I started just thinking of how hot it was and everything. And then the Lord said, and the Lord said to me, hmm, so you're focusing on how hot it is and you've got your opinion. And, and I'm saying, yeah. And he's like, you like saunas, don't you? And I'm going, well, yeah, I love saunas. And well, imagine you're in a sauna, you know, let it kind of start to, you know, you know, stretch your shoulder and start to relax in it. And, and it was really kind of a funny perspective. And I started thinking about it and, uh, you know, uh, even there was a time where like even wind would come on me and it was interesting and it would feel cool. And I was sitting there like the Lord was ministering. And, and the more I pressed into what God was doing in the situation, as opposed to focusing on my discomfort or my thoughts or my opinion, I, I saw that there was a shift in not only me, but in the atmosphere, you know, the Romans 8, 6, and 7, it talks about the mind controlled by the sinful nature is death, but the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. How do you know if your mind is controlled by the spirit? You have life and peace. That's that's an amazing truth. And if you really start to examine it, you'll realize that a lot of the times when you don't have life and peace, it's because you're fixed on your opinion on your disappointments, your perceived failures, your, you know, and the Holy Spirit can lead you through healing. It's not wrong to think through our, our painful uh, experiences and to get inner healing and to get transformed by the renewing of our mind. I'm not saying that. I'm saying though, that if we're continually repeating our own opinions and all it does is stir uh, discomfort and disorientation and division and and disillusionment all those all those things you know we need to check on that and so you know i remember on that trip you know i'd get as i was sharing earlier the mystery meat didn't know what it was and instead of just you know just accepting it i don't know if it was goat or who knows you know chicken or snake or mutton or whatever you know i just bless it and, and eat it and i i found that to be really really helpful on that trip he was right every time I had an opinion you know well why you know why are they an hour late you know and instead of accepting their culture understanding you know they're just on a total different clock and things like that and the internet would never work and I remember when I got home um this Holy Spirit said to me you know if you live like that here you it would change your life and so I began just years ago doing a a training uh, in my mind and in my heart uh, stopped doing inner dialogue between my, you know, with other people. I stopped, I really started refreshing my, the renewing of my mind saying, Hey, you know, God, what's your heart? What's your eyes? And, and I'll be, I'll be honest, my, my opinion, I value less and less. It doesn't mean I don't think it's important to have, you know, you know, thoughts about what we like or don't like, but, but really relationally, they're not very helpful. And, and in fact, they can build walls and boundaries very quick because having the heart of god we we want to be um you know we want to be a the kind that built the bridge right first timothy 3 3 when it talks about maturity in this case an elder they're they're a they're a person who's not quarrelsome not quick-tempered or contentious and those those are things one of the things that disqualify a person for me for leadership right away is if they're quarrelsome they're contentious, they're, they're, they're demanding, they're quick-tempered. I mean, I don't care how anointed and how amazing they can move in any gift, 
But those qualities do not make for maturity and they're not strength. They're, they're just, uh, you know, persuasive. Yes. Strong. Yes. In this, in, in, in the sense that they can dominate, but that's not leadership. Leadership is birthing things in the spirit with the Holy spirit. And so I believe that um, part of this message is, is that God wants us to make an effort not to allow our opinions, our need for even justice, uh, our need to be right, to isolate us. And the Lord wants us to look at ourselves and then others through his, through his eyes. So what do we do? How does this impact our life? Well, first of all, it, it is an internal decision and discipline. You know, and uh, it's an inter- internal decision. Uh, what does it mean to be strong? Do you want to be strong according to scripture? Um, and you can ask yourself this question. Are you easily offended? Do you demand your own way? Do you judge or hold others at a distance that are different from you? Do you need to be right? Do you need to be, does your, do you need to be with people that are just like you and you reject those that are not? You know, um, I just, I just really want to encourage you to look at it, how you can grow in becoming the strongest. Um, you know, one of our examples down here, I told you is people who don't want to wear masks and, uh, you know, um, there are some who feel very strongly about it. They feel like they're taking their freedom away. And yet, uh, let me just say, I prefer to keep physical distance from others. I prefer to wear a mask. And one of the main reasons from the beginning and is that I want to be able to go visit my my father, who's 85, my stepfather who's 88. I wanted to be able to say in good faith that, you know, I'm doing all I can to protect those around me. Uh and that may seem, you know, and I think in Canada, it's pretty obvious, you know, you guys are doing a great job up there. And so, you know, I think that, uh, that, that you're adhering to that. But my point is, is that uh, people can make these opinions and suddenly it, it becomes a source uh, of division. And I really believe that, that as believers, we're called to respect the wishes and the needs, then the needs of others. And that's just this, uh, an application. So the first thing is check your own attitude. You know, are you, you know, constantly in angst and kind of fighting, you know, and defending yourself and that kind of thing. And it's good, good thing, good, good review to say, Lord, how can I become strong? That is a, a person who doesn't value my opinions as much as I have. And that really relates to the second thing, the concrete is ask yourself, are there people in my life I'm divided with due to my opinions or my need to be right or to voice my thoughts or People that I hold in judgment. Are there people in your life? Um, and this is a very hard question to answer. This began before COVID, believe me. And it's going to last after COVID. And examine relationships and say, hey, has, uh, you know, if I, you know, made stances in a sense, drawn lines in the sand that that really led to the rejection of others, have others rejected me because of, of mine? And, and what do we do? How can we... Um, how can we love and accept them? How can we reach out to to do everything we can to let them know that we want any differences, real or perceived, to be re- less important than the relationship? And that's a that's a, a a real huge thing to think about. Number three, reflect and pray. Um, uh, can you have the attitude of Paul in First Corinthians nine nineteen? This is the number number three is can you have the, the heart of a servant first? 
when it relates to your opinions, your thoughts, and your lifestyle. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9.19, Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. He continued again in verse 22, To the weak I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. Wow. I mean, that that is amazing. You know, I've met some incredible people that go into places. Uh, I was in uh, Bulgaria, go into uh, in the heart where the hardest uh, Bulgarian mafia was, people that had murdered multiple, multiple people and a man that could go in there and love them. And and, and I just learned so much from his heart. I, uh, I've been with people um, just all over the world as to their levels of compassion and working with people that they, you know, from addicts to, to, to those that abuse children. I mean, it's just, uh, it's just horrifying some of the situations. And yet God sends those who are, have a tender heart. And really that's how I began about God wanting to do surgery in our heart. And that's number four, receive healing in your heart today. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Be free. And I say that boldly, and I want to speak to your heart right now. If there's any pain in your life from either being rejected or rejecting others, um, I just want you to know that God wants to bring healing and bring reconciliation. As far as you, you you are able, that's what you're responsible for, but the rest is something he can do as a miracle. And you're your relationships are worth it because we are called to be peacemakers and lovers and bridge. And it starts with us. And I just believe it starts with receiving healing in our hearts. Amen. You know, uh, I preached, uh, this has been on my, on my heart. And a couple of weeks ago I preached and there was a woman who came to me afterwards and she said, uh, you know, my, um, uh, my daughter's gay. Um, I've not known how to deal with it. It's been such an internal battle. And today, you really brought healing to my heart and you've given me hope on how to approach the relationship and had a similar situation uh, with, uh, as I shared with the transgender parent, um, these hit home. These situations are, are, you know, real. And, you know, it's not every one of our situations are very different, you know, um, but our differences um, are important and God wants to use them to really heal the world he wants to heal your heart. So I want to pray that for you. I'm going to pray a blessing for you. And we're going to take communion here. Uh, you know, I can't think of uh, a, a better way to end a message like this on reconciliation and love. Because, you know, when Jesus um, gathered uh, his uh, his uh, disciples, those really the apostles there in that upper room, and uh, he took the bread and talked about, slave a servant he said uh you know i I, unless a seed dies you know then the plant won't grow and he said i've got to he said in other words too that i'm going to lay down my life my body is going to be broken and he even took the bread and and as he broke it he said this is my body broken for you see it's all about relationship and even now as we are going to take communion together it's about relationship Can I pray for you and your relationship with God and your relationship with others? And then we'll take the bread. So, Father, we thank you today 
that we are not alone, that you want us to be strong by being loving and by accepting and not allowing our opinions to be used against ourselves or others. But Jesus, as we come to the bread, we thank you that you died on the cross for us. Right now we examine our own hearts and we ask you to forgive us for our sins and for any ways that we have not loved you and loved others. We ask you to bless this bread as we take it and that it would nourish our mind, body, and spirit according to your perfect will. In Jesus' name, amen. So go ahead and take the bread. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. And in the same way, the Bible tells us that Jesus took the cup and he said, this is my blood shed for the forgiveness of sins. Drink, all of you. And as he declared that, even Judas was there. Drink, all of you. This is my blood. This is my life blowed out and it's now going to flow into you and the blow <clears throat> it's by his blood that we're healed and it's by his blood that we're forgiven so let's pray for the cup lord we thank you we asked for forgiveness we did and we do lord anything in our hearts minds particularly today any any anything that we've held more important than relationships has brought division, we ask you to forgive us. And we ask, Lord, you to heal us. And we'd ask that you would bless now as we take this cup and take uh, your shed blood and we take it by communion. We pray that you bless it and then it would give us life and your blood would flow in us. And it's by the blood and by our testimony that we overcome. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, I just want to pray a blessing for City River Church. I want to declare uh, God's amazing goodness over your life and and just declare uh, his peace over your life. I, I hope today it's been an encouraging word, maybe just a reminder for some. For some who are estranged from others and battling this, I pray that you'll um, have a lot of insight from the Lord, how to heal the relationship. So I want to pray for that as a blessing, and then I want to bless City River. Father, I just pray for each listener. I thank you, Lord, that you've given them to uh, each other, that City River is a special place of unity where the leaders have really modeled what it means to uh, accept and build um, friendship and community, these three different communities that have come together into one. And Lord, we thank you that that's a part of the legacy and the calling that City River has to be really uh, a light unto the city, a river to the city, a river of life flowing from the throne that brings healing and brings transformation of the nation. Lord, we pray you'd bless that vision because it's from you and it's from your heart. I just speak over City River 
like I said, I see this time of surgery, but he's transforming you into surgeons. You'll go forth with the tools in your hands. You'll know exactly how to speak over hearts, how to, how to tear down walls, strongholds. And sometimes those strongholds are great mental ones, uh, torment and, and walls of, of, of racism and opinion and disdain and judgment and anger and self-hatred and all those things. But City River will have the tools and the surgical uh, ability and the, and the spiritual weapons to tear down those things and to bring people into true freedom and true life, uh, which is embodied, Lord, in a relationship with you and then in unity with each other. So, Lord, I pray these things. I pray this favor. I pray joy and new life. And we just pray it in Jesus' name for each person listening. We, we command a blessing according to your Holy Spirit um, because the blessing is one of unity. Psalm 133, right over. The blessing of unity, which leads to increased anointing, which, which means refreshment, which leads to blessing. And that's what we declare in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. God bless all of you. Thank you, uh, uh, Pastor Rob and Pastor Hanny and, and City River for this opportunity.